Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Happy Monday. Uh, welcome, Lori and Julia Show. My Talk Auto 71, everything entertainment. Thank you for joining us on this hot Monday, sunny afternoon. Lori is back from uh, Bayfront Blues. And we uh, be warned, she is discombobulated. Oh, I oh am. Donnie. Everybody. Everybody everybody's is today. discombobulated. It was a fun summer weekend, and those of us with a three-day weekend might be a bit more discombobulated <laughs> than the regular two-day. There's something about that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Lord. Okay. All right, I'll just go first yes. with my yes. weekend claim to fame. It is absolutely delicious and delightful, and I feel lucky that I was able to afford to spend two nights at the Pier B on the Bayfront Blues weekend. We check in, and I'm, like, in a panic, you know, because I want to go over to the music, and it starts on Friday, so... Mm-hmm. Say the lady, you know, what room will be in? She said, oh, we had a cancellation for a balcony marina room. Oh, no. I said, oh, I'll take it. Oh, and, yeah. really? Oh, oh yeah. I'll, I'll you take like it. First floor. She goes, oh, it's quite a bit more. I said, that's okay. I really would like that balcony room. And then Casey goes, can I get a military discount? She's like, yeah. Hmm? Who so, knew? Who knew? So anyway, but uh, I we wanted to just get in the room. You know, I had brought a cooler up of, of stuff. So I find out my room number, go up to the floor, mm-hmm. find housekeeping, Right across from the room where I'm going to be in, I said, would you please clean this room next, you know, and here's, a, you know, $25. And she's like, oh, we'll do that Way next. Way to motivate him, oh, Lori. Yeah. Way so to put I was your in my money room where you're at one o'clock. Oh, stop it. It was so nice. You are such a little worker. Well, you know the back behind the scenes stuff to make things happen. Anyway, I like that about you. It's just really delicious. I mean, it was it's so satisfying staying there because the view is incredible, you guys. And if oh, I'm sure. And and the view is the same, but it's always more expensive Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Right. So during, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I think you can get a good deal, but they have paddle boards and bikes and kayaks. Yeah, you and love that place. It's just so nice to have that are. view. Yeah, it it it. it. It is an amazing view. It is an amazing view. And and so anyway, it was just great music and, you know, lots of people, lots of friends, you know, friends of the show that have just listened to us for years. Yes. That we see, you know, when's Julia coming? That's the number one Blues Fest <laughs> question I get. When's right Julia corner. coming? Right around the right corner. Around the cr- Listen, I do more stuff than I used to. It's all a period of time. time. It's timing, timing, timing. Anyway, so it was just, it was really fun. We've never, it has been probably five or six years since it was three continuous days of sunny, 80, bluesy. Oh, beautiful weather. Yeah, but Saturday it was even a little bit too hot for some people. I had to go back to to the Pure B at about two to, you know, get a little air conditioning, have a little shade on the patio. Yeah. The girlfriends came over and, you know, brought, you know, booze and Sammy's pizza and everything else. And <laughs> just a little afternoon refreshment. Yeah, yeah. Sitting, getting off your feet because you said your feet are still. Julia, yesterday they reached toddler epic proportions. Just it blown was... up, just puff, puffy from the top down. You could push on the top. Ooh, it would come back up. 
Yeah. Gosh, those toes. Yeah. They really... But did you have the right footwear? Oh, yeah. I always know how to dress for the footwear for the blues. It's just, you know, you're standing, you're walking, right. you're dancing. Right. You know, they. I, of course, we had to go to both dance parties both nights. You of course know. you did. Did you keep my brother out that late both nights? Oh, yeah. I'm impressed. I, like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's did, a little rock Did you guys see the person shower? Did you see any of the meteor showers? No, I was up there, late. and I can't believe. Uh, it was th- Thursday. What did you Friday's, see? Well, what? we saw last, last night. night. No, what time, though? Oh, like, I don't know. I think it was like 11. I woke oh. up at 3 a.m. to see him. You did not. <laughs> what was your weekend, Claim to Fame? Well, we had the first annual Ryan Mathis Foundation golf tournament and celebration of his life. And it was my boy he's, and his roommate came home from Lincoln. And it was just really a wonderful celebration. Yeah, and was it all of golfed. his pals? Yeah, all of his pals. And it was kind of like a Woodbury reunion. And all it was so nice to see all the boys. You know, and we... A kind of bittersweet. Very much yeah. so. But really, it was... And then we had a food truck and an ice cream truck. And um, I had many jobs that day. Mm-hmm. And... Um, was it Saturday? It was Saturday yeah. all day and night. It was really... Hot. Hot oh, day for hello, it. Lori. Oh, my gosh. And so I'm going around the holes and, you know, selling things and doing You've got stuff. your golf cart. Yeah, and I've got both of my boys playing in different foursomes. Yeah. And the kids really were really fun um, wearing matching shirts and stuff. And... Just, they really had a good time, and it was just a great Is it scholarship tribute. money? Or? It's scholarship money for kids to go to basketball camps. Nice. Because Ryan played love basketball. Yeah. And so it was It was really just, it was a great day Yeah. for him. Yeah. So that was good. really wonderful. Good. And then I just, my, my favorite news story, of course, was the women who were stuck on the blow-up unicorn, oh. rainbow unicorn on the lake in the lily pads. That made every news. It's on time. It was yeah. on every news yeah. station only in Minnesota. Yeah. And oh, it was in Minnesota because oh, yeah, I saw it on uh, oh, no. GMA. It's in a Minnesota lake up by Chisago County. And um, this is what a sheriff says at Chisago County. Um, driving by a local lake, we observed a bunch of women and a rainbow unicorn stuck in the And weeds. it was one of those gigantic, gigantic so ones. There were four of them and they paddles. Four or five people. With a handful of laughs and some mad rescue roping skills, they were pulled back to the dock. <laughs> Hashtag, where's the glitter? It, <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. I mean, oh, of course it was in Minnesota. So yeah. anyway, it was fun. Yeah. All right, Donnie, you, you used our gift coupon. I did. Yeah, I had a very nice meal at uh, Angelina's uh, wine bar in a kitchen, an Italian mm-hmm. restaurant and wine bar in Woodbury. So we did uh, did that on on Saturday. Did approve? I approved. As- Both had the lasagna. Oh, yeah. you did, which, which was excellent. So yes, big thumbs up. Yeah, right, that's my favorite restaurant in Woodbury. Yes. Yeah, bar none. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, checked out a movie, a sweet little movie called A Kid Like Jake. Either of you heard of this? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Jim Parsons produced it. Oh, yes, I have heard about this he movie. He is in it. He plays a straight man in this movie. He's married to Claire Danes. And the gist Isn't of the their mo- kid autistic? He's not autistic. They are coming to terms with the fact that their four-year-old son, Jake, is transgender. That's right. That's right. He identifies as a girl. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't un- quite understand that at first, and then they slowly come to terms with that. And it's wow. it's, it's really a very sweet and um, and powerful oh, little cool. movie. A kid like Jake, I give it thumbs up. All right. Okay. All right. Very, very, very cool. And then what's all this Helen Ann big that's going on next door? I heard about that on Friday. Yeah, that happened Friday afternoon. At that, ESPN. Yes. They're changing the programming at ESPN AM. 
and um, people that we've worked with since we've been here are not no longer going to be broadcasting on ESPN AM. Joe Sutri is going to have a podcast. Yeah, um, Mackie and Phil Mackie is going to head up. You know. More podcasting content. But they're broadcasting through the, through the, the week through after the, the fair. fair. Yes. The week after yeah, the fair. it was a very blue day here in Oh Freddie my Lair. gosh. I know I was sitting with uh, some friends and I get this text from you that it's mm-hmm. a blue day at the station, you know, that... And and of course, you know, I tell my friends, and then you said, "Don't say it's not it, it's not public yet." And I thought, "Well, how long?" Fifteen they... minutes later, it's in the newspaper. Yeah, because I mean, you're you're you got two reporters, Sushere <laughs> and Roycey. They're not going to sit on their own story. And yeah. uh, so anyway, well, geez, I just that's I mean, those two have been on the air since 1983. Roycey and Sushere. I know. Well, I'm glad that we'll still and at least and... it'll still be sports. It'll still be sports. Yeah, yeah but... programming. Louise. I know they um Patrick Royce did come by today and mm-hmm. offered to fill in when either of us are gone. I love it. And I as know. much as both of us are gone, we might take him up on it. He right. does stay on top of gossip, I will he say does. that. He does and he sees Patrick her Royce movies. of anybody. <laughs> yep. He is a pop culture I can't warrior. George Souchere didn't offer that up. No, he's going to have no. he has his podcast every day though. So he's going to still be doing Garage Logic. Yeah. All he's right. going to still do his show. Okay. All right, listen, we come back. It's our story. We can't get enough. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Monday. If you, too, are in shock at how fast the summer is going by, you are not alone. Oh, my gosh. Doesn't it just, it just feel like it's like just galloping now? Unbelievable. It was just June, wasn't it? <laughs> it really I know. Was. <laughs> July just was a flash. Flash, yeah. flash. Okay, so this story just couldn't be any wilder. Um... I did. I do have to say that I did. Uh, I don't know. I I think I was looking at the weather on Saturday um, morning, and then I noticed that I'd had a bunch of missed calls on my phone. So here's the story. This is about the stolen hijacked plane from Seattle Tacoma Airport. Okay. Let's roll it. Authorities say it was about 7.30 p.m. Friday when 29-year-old Richard Russell, part of the ground crew for Horizon Air, took control of an empty Q400 passenger plane parked at Seattle's SeaTac Airport. Taking to the air, Russell performing dangerous stunts, diving nose first, even flipping upside down. Military jets scrambled as people on the ground looked on in horror. At one point, plunging nearly into the water, but then... It went straight down and I was like, oh man, it's going to crash. Like, what is happening? It was really scary. And then all of a sudden it came back up. On the radio, Russell seemed giddy at times, chatting with calm air traffic controllers. Have you been to the Olympics? These guys are gorgeous. Holy smokes. I just kind of want to do a couple maneuvers to see what it can do before I put it out. Telling the crew on the ground he didn't need help flying. I played video games before, so I, uh, right. you know, I know what I'm doing a little bit. I know how to put the landing gear down. But Russell never seemed to give much thought about how he would land the plane. I wouldn't know how to land it. I wasn't really planning on landing it. But with no pilot's license and no known experience piloting, questions about how he could take off and fly a plane like this. There were some maneuvers that were done that were uh, um, incredible maneuvers with the aircraft. From the sky, glimpses of remorse. I got a lot of people that care about me, and uh, it's going to disappoint them to, to hear that I did this. Um, I would like to apologize to each and every one of them. The FBI says Russell had no ties to terrorism. The airline says he worked at the airport for three and a half years, even posting humorous videos about his work on social media. Look at all them bags. As well as travel pictures with his wife. 
just a broken guy. Got a few screws loose, I guess. Never really knew it until now. A stolen airliner in the post-9-11 era prompting a hard new look at a potential security loophole. When they're changing flights, it's, it's a chaotic time. Flight crews might be swapping out. So it could be very easy for, for somebody to, with an airline employee, badge to, to slip in unnoticed. Russell's tragic joyride ending in this fiery crash on a remote island 25 miles from the airport. His family this morning devastated. We are stunned and heartbroken. It may seem difficult for those watching at home to believe, but Bebo was a warm, compassionate man. He was a faithful husband, a loving son, and a good friend. Now, government security experts tell us the system is not set up to catch a man like Russell who apparently passed multiple background checks and had a clean record. The question now is, were there mental health warning signs that were missed? Oh, wow. Okay. I so, I mean, that was just story. incredible. Yeah. And he I, hooked the truck up. Yeah. And he took the truck up that pu pushes the plane out and did it all himself and pushed the plane out and then got in the plane and took off. Yep. Yeah. It was one of the Horizon yeah. prop planes. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I can see all these missed calls from my sister. On Saturday morning. Friday. Oh, Friday. Friday. But I don't see him till Saturday morning. Right. And it's my sister, the mean one. <laughs> who we can go for months without speaking. I absolutely love <laughs> you every category. And my sisters are just the older one and the younger one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... She and has streaks. She I has, agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, she politically she thinks I'm crazy. Uh, politically, I think she's crazy. Right. So we there you, there you have it. We're, we laugh about that. You exactly. Know? But I know I'm, I'm like, she never calls me unless it is something. She's really got something just... She can't wait to tell her. Yeah. yeah. She and her husband, my sister and my mom and my aunt and my brother all live in Des Moines, which is a bedroom community, uh, Redondo Beach and um, Des Moines, and then it's Federal Way. And it all just was south of the airport, like five okay. miles in south of the airport. In Seattle. Okay. Along the waterfront. My got sister it. lives right on Puget Sound. Okay, got it. She's sitting in the hot tub. And she's right on the water. Puget Sound, yeah. the, you yep. walk down like a hundred creaky steps to get to the beach. Right. Beautiful. And and I'm seeing this audio from GMA and it looks like, you know, it's at my All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAP Podcast. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. My sister's house. I recognize oh. the coastline. My, They're sitting in the hot tub and that plane followed by the two F-15s Skimmed were right above. They have like maybe 
I don't know, 35, 40 foot trees on their property that are eagle nests. Right. Skimming right over. Lori. And they knew, of course, they are used to planes. It's like being in Edina. You get planes, you know, they're, they're heading, but they're, you know, they're, they're five miles still. They don't ever have planes find that. Close. Close. And she, they're going, and neither of them have their phone. Or when was just, the plane that he stole the plane? Was it Friday? Friday yeah. night it was at 7.30. So 7.30 at night. So it was just all these videos that people take. It's beautiful pink sky and, you know, the the sound. And she just said it, it was so scary. Because oh, my gosh. It, it looked like it was going to crash. At their house. Yeah. Oh. And they didn't know, of course, so they scrambled the F-15s. They didn't know what the guy's intention was. Right. So that's why they kind of funneled them. There's all these little islands that are off of that uh, Seattle area coastline. Whidbey Island is a big island. With Uh, people on them. Yeah, this island that he crashed on, there's only like 20-some people on that island. But there's a bunch of little islands. Whidbey, I think, is the big one, and Vashon is the other big one. But anyway, she just... they. She she said it, we couldn't even believe what we were seeing. How scary! And her husband jumped up out of the hot tub, turned right. on the news right away because it was so. Do you know how loud an F two F fifteens are yeah, when they come over imagine. way above at like um, TC Bank Stadium or something? They're, they're loud. They're so loud. Yeah, and they're she, way up. She thought it was like going <gasps> to crash into, and it, the guy was just whipping all along. Video you know, because games. because the Seattle airport, you're right on the sound, basically. Yeah, almost. you are. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Wow. Well, I kept wondering, how did he get it in there? And apparently there are no keys. Uh, no, it's not like a car. There's no yeah. keys. There's no fob. Yeah. Uh-uh. There's yeah. no key fob. Do we have time? Should we listen yeah. what the aviation uh, guy says? We'll cut it close. Let's okay, see. Okay, joining us now is ABC News aviation consultant and former Marine Corps fighter pilot, Colonel Steve Ganyard. And Steve, tell us, how easy is it to take a plane like this? Robin, uh, apparently uh, it's not as hard as you might have think. Uh, you know, an airplane is not, Robin, it's not like a car where you have your key fob or you have to put a key in ignition and you go in and turn it on and everything works. The door may be locked, but most airplanes don't even have a lock on the door. So if you can get to the door, you can get to the cockpit. Uh, but it's the understanding how to start the airplane, and that was the difference here. This guy had spent time in a simulator. He had spent time, obviously, sitting in that cockpit. He knew what he was doing, but only as far as he could learn in a book or in a, in a computer program. And we heard in Clayton's reporting, what about background checks and, and mental health screenings of airport employees? Yeah, to, to take it down to a, to a baggage handle level, that's probably not very practical. I mean, Robin, we've seen, I think, at least four crashes in the last few years where pilots have committed suicide by flying their airplanes into the ground. The pilots go through annual flight physicals, and they, or their mental health is screened then. So if we can't stop it with pilots, if you have a trusted employee who's supposed to be around the airplane, who keeps the... Now trying to submerge. This is the My Talk Now Trending Report. What's happening right now? Trending online this afternoon would be the Anvil. WWE's Jim the Anvil Neidhart has passed away at the age of 63. He was best known uh, as being one of the members of the Heart Foundation tag team, the Internet Morning, that lost today. Also trending online this afternoon would be Monday Motivation. Also today is Left Handers Day. And also trending from the world of sports. You just skip right over that. Mm-hmm. Can we get a little bit more props for lefties? No. Okay, fine. <laughs>
<laughs> what was the next story? I was going to talk about Carmelo Anthony. Oh, what about him? He is officially a member of the Houston Rockets. He has agreed to a one-year $2.4 million deal. I don't know whether or not Carmelo Anthony is left-handed or not. Okay. He may be celebrating today. And also, uh, people are talking about the Teen Choice Awards, wrapping that up from last night. People who took home the giant surfboard include Anna Kendrick and Zac Efron. That's what's trending here in my talk. Thanks for hanging out with us. That, of course, is Aretha Franklin. And this morning, uh, we learned that she is gravely ill. Her family told mm-hmm. Detroit's WDIV anchor, Everod and Kasimi, that he spoke with her family members this morning. She's asking for your prayers at this time. Roger Friedman at Showbiz 411 uh, was the first one to report that the 76-year-old soul legend is surrounded by family and people close to her in Detroit. And her most recent performance was November of 2017 at the Elton John AIDS Foundation. Oh, so last year. Yeah, and her final public performance was at Philadelphia's Mann Center uh, last August. And she did look then. All three of her siblings died. Uh, One brother died of lung cancer. A sister died of throat. Another one of breast. And remember the rumor was that she did have cancer mm-hmm. but she said i'm fine and then yeah. i'm making an album but i'm just retiring from touring right and mm-hmm. and and uh yeah in june she said please keep me in your prayers that june um 2017 so anyway we'll just kind of keep our eyes on it but she could be you know could be right at the end i mean yeah, the uh, imminent yep. is the word that's being used. Right? Yeah, so she might at home, and they they do know. So that's really sad. So that's why you're seeing all the stuff about um, uh, Aretha Franklin, and I'm so glad it went. We got to see her at the the, at the Minnesota fair? State Fair when I thought mm. I had front row concert <laughs> yes, tickets, and it was Plaza Row. row. Okay. There's front row, Lori, and then there's Plaza front row. So funny because <laughs> oh you went Lord. on and on bragging yes, about your did. front row seat for did, weeks, yeah, weeks. Who did you see her with, though? My sister. No, but who did she perform with? Wasn't there someone else, another act with her? Well, yeah, I, somebody else opened. It was yeah. uh, Casey and my sister Sherry, right? And the nice one, the good yeah. one, and then um, <laughs> and then my friend um, Jeanette. And uh, I feel like Jeanette and I were in, I mean, yes. And someone at the Blues Fest reminded me of the time that I bragged for a month about my front row um, tickets. So funny. Seats one, two, three, and four. But it's a plaza front row, which is different than front row. That was hysterical. So upset. But I loved it. (laughs) I can't remember who opened uh, for maybe someone else was at that State Fair concert. It it was somebody. It was someone big, though, because it it was a duo act. Yeah. And um, Jeanette and I just were in heaven. And my sister and and Casey were just kind of like, I don't know. So so, I they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. Think I don't it was think that they great. were that big of. I don't think they realized what a legend Aretha she, was. And that's right. the first time I'd ever gotten a chance right. to see her. I mean, she's 
legendary. She is legendary. Civil rights icon yeah. and everything else made President Obama cry. You know? Here's what Sean Robinson Ugh. said. Um, many people have oh, been reaching. Entertainment yeah, Tonight. Many people have been reaching out to me about Aretha Franklin. Aretha and I have known each other since 1987 when I hosted a talk show in my hometown, Detroit, Aww. that she was a fan of. She's a woman of deep faith. Prayer is the greatest gift you can give her at this time. Thank you. Mm. So, oh dear. Oh. Um, anyway. And then uh, Yashur Ali, Ali, um, you know, from Blackish, and he yeah, was, yeah. I think, Prince's photographer. Yeah. He tweeted this one of my favorite Aretha Franklin stories. Two hours before the Grammys telecast in 1998, Luciano Pavarotti canceled due to illness. Aretha mm-hmm. sang Nessun Dorman that night with little notice. Yeah, I remember watching that. Do you remember that, Donnie? Oh, she was unbelievable. I'm going to retweet that. that That's really cool. I mean, to be able to, like, I didn't even know that she could sing that kind of music. Wow. Oh, it's yeah. A, so anyway, so anyway, oh, so that's going on. So we We're wish gonna, her, oh, I we mean, just, really, thoughts and prayers. Yes, and I guess Roger Friedman also in this story that he broke this morning that Clive Davis and Roger Friedman had gone to see Aretha in June. The two of them. So okay. Roger's known her for a long time. Right. And he proposed this idea, and she agreed to it to have an all-star tribute to commemorate her 60 years in show business, her 18 Grammy Awards. and 18 you know, Grammys? Yeah, and that's pop, R&B, opera, and the date is November 14th. Clive Davis presents a tribute to Aretha Franklin presented by with Live Nation. So she was del- she was beyond delighted. She personally approved Jennifer Hudson to play Aretha in the biopic. Right. Remember that Sony's going to do mm-hmm. And Aretha herself hoped to be at this this at telecast this when telecast they do on the fourteenth, the, uh, the tribute tour, the tribute. So I mean, they wanted you know Clive Davis is working on all the people. Um, and here's something you may not know: Niall, before Niall Rogers offered upside down to Diana Ross, he t- tried to persuade Aretha to sing it, and she's like, "Nah, no thanks." Mm-hmm. That was a good choice. Yeah, upside it's not down, her kind of song. no boy, you want me uh, inside yeah. out? Well, here's and round a, and round. If you're interested, here's a little bit of the uh, the Grammy show that you mentioned when she filled in for Luciana when Pavarotti. When she sang the opera, yeah, Nessun Dorma, Aretha Franklin. Within my my secret lies And what his name is None shall know None, none Till on my heart wow. I confess it oh, Amazing, amazing and they show- I never knew that was the name of that song I didn't either Yes, it's from uh, Turando, the the opera Turando. Oh, oh my nice. favorite! Mm-hmm. And they show people in the audience. Graham Faith just, Hill is crying. People were just crying. I can't. I'm going to have to download that. That's that so on two gorgeous. Hours notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, so yeah, that is what is going oh, on with that. She's really young. She's only seventy six years old. Yeah, I know. Oh, Mariah Carey tweeted her uh, prayers for her, and now Mariah is one step closer to facing her multi-million dollar lawsuit from Stella, Okay, her former manager. According to court documents obtained by The Blast, Mariah Carey's doorman was served with a summons by Stella Bulachikanov. 
Uh, <laughs> and uh, she only worked for Mariah for a couple of years. I know, but she's claiming Mariah was earned during that period of time $100 million. Yeah, well, they, they, and the potential in the, the future. The doorman would never call... Let the server come up. <laughs> because and, once you're served, it's over. <laughs> yeah, finally on the third attempt, the server simply left the documents with the doorman. And that is the final step she needs to take before she files a lawsuit. Yes, yeah, she thinks she's owed $100 million for three years. She's also going to sue Rock Nation because she and Mariah were going to produce movies and TV shows like that great reality show. Exactly. That, that I watched. A, I know. I watched the first episode and thought... This that, is so bad. It's a train is, wreck. This is not good advice. Um, she says that TV venture and movie venture uh-huh. was going to be worth $50 million. Oh, please. And then, no one watched it after the first night. Yeah. Except for Lori. I know, and yeah, I did. And also she said she brokered the Las Vegas residency deal. And that um, Rock Nation canceled a bunch of the concerts, and then right. they rescheduled them so she didn't get paid. I don't know. She must have a little something. Well, anyone can sue. Yeah. I mean, you know, because she's... It costs money, so she must have a little something that she feels like she's got a case. Yeah, she's going through. But I will say that, like, uh, having done this myself, like, 96% of the time they find in favor of the employer. Right. Not the employer. And the other thing that she did early on is she, she said she was a sexually assaulted because Mariah would appear naked. Remember that? Oh, she was oh, yeah. traumatized. She was yes, traumatized. That's right. Excuse that's right. me. That oh, yeah. Oh, she man. was traumatized because Mariah would always walk around naked <laughs> and she'd feel in, uh, uncomfortable. <clears throat> My God. Laura, you must be comment. traumatized around me. I know. I've never been traumatized <laughs> and I've. I know. <laughs> No, I mean, please. Someone who's working with you closely and I'm traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, well, Britney Spears. Yeah. uh, It's been about 20 years since Hit Me Baby One More Time. She's just kind of reflecting back on it. It was number one. 1998. And she said uh, she was speaking with the Guardian and they asked her about it. And she goes, wow, that went quick. It was such fun and crazy time. And it was a bit of a blur. And everyone had to wear um, plaid skirts and knee highs. Mm -hmm. And she said the whole song is about that stress that we all go through as teens. I knew it was a great song. It was different. I loved it. I don't think you can anticipate how a song is going to be received. I mean, that was the big one. And she she went to Stockholm to that. record with the the big songwriter and producer, Max Martin. Those guys, they're behind a lot of people. Isn't it one guy? Yeah, that guy. But I feel like oh. he has a producing partner. Oh, I don't okay. know who it is. Okay. But she said she remembered being in so off Stockholm. I was there for like 10 days, but we were so busy. I didn't have time to go out and explore. Max is a genius. Hit me, baby. Oh, oh baby, baby. Mm-hmm. I do love that song. Yeah, I do too. I do love that song. That so, song works. It does, Lori, on so many levels. Mm-hmm. And then Dolly Parton's going to get a big re- award. She's going to receive um, uh, the Leadership the- Tennessee First Ever Dolly Parton Excellent uh, in well, Leadership she Award. She should get it if it's <laughs> yeah, named like after her. <laughs> but she's about... Is it for all of her telethon or yeah. for the Smoky Mountain Fires? Yeah. And she raised more than $12 million wow. for the victims of the Gal- Gallatinburg Fires in 2016. Gallatinburg. Gallatinburg, thank mm-hmm. you. Her Imagination Library mails free books to children from birth until they begin school, regardless of family income. She's mailed over 100 million books since 1995. Well, then damn it, she should have she the should. award named after Absolutely. her. Absolutely, and get the first one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Perfect. I uh, like how that works out. All right, listen, when we come back, oh my gosh, we are... Someone's blathering. Blathering, blathering, we'll be back. That I was your heart, baby, trying to understand how a grown man goes on. 
Honey, thanks for hanging out with us on this Monday. So, well, it looks like Thomas Markle decided to get paid by two tabloids this yes, weekend. Yes, he did. He was busy making some bank. Not only did he give an exclusive to the Mail on Sunday, he also spoke to the Sunday edition of The Sun because I guess he needs to spread out that narcissistic mm-hmm. pity party that he's having. And his son got into the game, Thomas, oh, Thomas Markle Jr. He'd really like to punish Megan for inviting him to that wedding. All she I, did was invite him to the wedding. And that's it. And he Throw him a bone not, after they have not had a relationship in years. He, and he is... He thinks he's being loving by repeatedly yes. harassing his kids and kid in the media. Let's uh, roll the tape. Is this from the Today Show, you guys? Yes. All right, here we go. Meghan Markle's father, Thomas Markle, hitting back. Telling the Mail on Sunday he hung up on Prince Harry during a heated phone conversation <laughs> last <smart>. May. <laughs> The prince, he says, reprimanded him on that phone call. He told me that I should never go to the press, that they would eat me alive, and it would end up in tears. Mr. Markle admitting the prince was right, but, he says, he was upset by Harry's rude comments while recovering from a heart procedure days before his daughter Meghan's marriage last May. The fallout coming after Mr. Margot caused a media firestorm when he posed for paparazzi pictures before the wedding, which he didn't attend. Royals don't like that. You know, they don't want their private conversations discussed with the press. Now, Meghan's father complaining to the media and yet another scandalous interview, (laughs) Mm -hmm. saying he hasn't spoken to his daughter in months and fears he won't see her again. The reaction to Thomas Markle's latest interview is yet more bewilderment. He doesn't seem to want to stop speaking. Meghan putting on a brave face throughout, carrying on as a duchess, holding hands and sharing a kiss with her husband at a polo match last month. And on her first birthday as a royal, waving to fans all smiles by Harry's side while attending Harry's friend's wedding. But not all has been a fairy tale for Meghan. He has got quite personal with Meghan. He's obviously said that she's completely cut him off, that she's changed her phones, which seems quite a drastic measure on her behalf, but also indicates how broken and fractured the relationship is between daughter and father. Well, despite the controversy with her father, local media reports say that Markle's mother, Doria Raglan, is set to move to London very soon to be closer to her daughter. Meanwhile, the royal newlyweds are set to start their royal tour in September, following in the footsteps of Harry's parents, Charles and Diana, whose first royal tour as a married couple was also to Australia and to New Zealand. She knew her dad was going to be a problem and she invited him to the wedding and then he blows her off and now he won't ever stop talking. No, No, he won't. And he promised again, last interview. I'm done. He said that in July. Mm -hmm. He said it in June. He just, he turned her down. He's the one who blew her off. I just don't understand. I don't either. But but I'm just so done with him. And then Thomas Markle Jr. started talking. (sighs) Um, about everything that was going on, right? And then it's it's just really too bad. And it's not going to let up because Samantha Markle, the uh, pushy stepsister, is on, she starts Celebrity Big Brother on right. Thursday. Mm-hmm. That's over in the UK. And she so. tweeted out weekend that the royals are angry and twisted souls. They're not Christian <laughs> holes. And uh, none of this monkey uh, business has been Christian behavior. Christ uh, would not isolate or reject or insult. Would include and embrace the sermon on the wedding day fell on deaf ears. Hypocrites! Oh my mm-hmm. gosh! I just it, the, that he keeps saying. I mean, there's nothing loving about harassing repeatedly your, your daughter. kid in the media. Yeah, I don't care what he. No, I know. Well, and everyone says that 
the royals have mishandled this one completely. He's admitted in this that he that in I believe it was this interview might have been when he was talking to Pierce Morgan. He might have got paid by three outlets right this weekend that Harry had said to him. Don't you talk to the media. You can't trust the paparazzi. Do you, if you want some extra. I mean, he did admit that. Mm-hmm. He said they in the will same, eat you alive. Yeah, in the same story. Mm-hmm. Then you know. Then he said. Then Harry hung up on him. I. Uh, well, as long as somebody keeps offering to pay him, he's going to mm-hmm. keep talking, right? And he says that he expressed his shock at being told by his daughter that he would not be allowed to give a speech at the wedding. Oh, man, what? the queen is there. <laughs> And then he also claimed that this last interview, this weekend would be the last one. The last one. I'm not mad at Harry. I'm not mad at Megan. I love them. I wish them well. But for the rest of it, blank, I'm done. But my favorite favorite is that that when Harry called him, um, you know, he was just talking about, come on, let's not talk to the the press. This is too much. And he uh, says... That that was so rude to call him after he'd just gotten out of the hospital for his heart problems. Oh. I mean, he made up everything. Yeah. This is a lying family. You can see why she wanted to distance herself from her brother, her stepbrother, her stepsister, and her dad. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Well, it doesn't ever sound like she she never lived with them. She no. never knew them. They were from his first marriage and blah, blah, blah. And I think. I, I think um, they have no integrity. No. I would be so embarrassed if I was them to keep it out there. I mean, they don't all, care. They're getting paid. Yeah, I know. I guess they're, they they found a new income stream. They found a way to get money, and they're cashing in on our little Duchess of Buttons. It's terrible. And, we don't approve. And um, I don't know if I really, I really, I don't know if I really completely believe that her mom is going to move to England. I mean, I she has a whole life in L.A. And I thought that was shocking. Uh, yeah. The only thing I thought of immediately was maybe she's pregnant. She's going to go over there and help her. Well, that, that, yeah, that, that could was be, what but I thought. she does, she has a job. I, I don't know that. Yeah. She maybe opened a yoga studio, didn't she? Yeah, something. Oh gosh. Maybe a yoga therapist. Am I conflating the two? Does she no, practice I yoga feel, and is a therapist? I think she a was a therapist and practices yoga. Yeah. So I kind of like a yoga therapist. I do too. I like that's the a, idea of that. So do I. An exercise therapist. You could exercise with someone and get therapy at the same time. Do you like the idea of Robin Wright getting married to her <gasps> hot, younger French beau? Do we know his name? Clément. 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 Giraudet. Giraudet. He is head of VIP relations at Saint Laurent. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They it's like such a good job. I know it. So they've been together nearly a year ago. They were filmed with um, together with her son Hopper Penn. Uh huh. And um, it feels like they've known each other. I would say for like fifteen months. Yeah. And they got married. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Wright's third marriage. She was previously married to Dane Witherspoon for two years. Divorced in '88. Then she married Sean Penn mm-hmm. and has two children. And they were together. Gosh, a long time, but they finally got divorced. Twenty-two years, yeah, or no, ninety-six to twenty ten. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and she was she was engaged to co-star Ben Foster in twenty eleven. No, twenty oh fourteen, but they met in twenty eleven. Yeah, and then he married that uh, Laura Prepon. Scientologist. Right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I love this quote in People. Um, they got married in Squaw Valley this weekend. 
What, and why did they get married? Why not? He's handsome, charming, and athletic. <laughs> why not? Indeed. I agree. Three languages. <laughs> mm-hmm. We can't find out what his age is. We can't. No. And everywhere no. is her 52. age. Right. Yeah, it's so weird. It's, everywhere is her age. It must be a his. Frenchy thing that they don't have their ages published or something. Because we can't. Fi- but he, I'd say 38. Yeah, I was going to say like maybe 39. Okay, so we're in the same ballpark. Yeah, yeah. So cheers to you, Robin Wright. Mm-hmm. No longer pen. Robin no Wright. Pen. It's Robin Wright, yes. Good day, if she says it. If she even changes. Clemente. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. Come on. Come on. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move back. <laughs>